This episode of Locked on White Sox is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the Locker Room app from the iOS App Store and find one of our Locked on Rooms. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. White Sox! White Sox! Go, 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 go! Call your sons, call your daughters! Holy cow! You can't put it on the board! Yes! Yeah. Well, it's a perfect game! Win Echo, Grand Slam! A White Sox winner and a World Championship! The dynamic duo of Herb Lawrence and Chris Tannehill. Those two are like a tag team, you know? Come with me to Southside of Chicago. Hi, this is Jim Tomey. And the best White Sox talk is on Locked On Sox Podcast with Tanny and Herb. Tanny and Herb. Hello, and welcome back to Locked On Sox. My name is Herb Lawrence. You can follow me on Twitter. It is at Ecknerwall23. Lawrence spelled backwards with 2-3. Chris Tannehill is at Chris Tannehill, and our show is at Locked on Socks on Twitter, on Instagram, and on YouTube. If you go to YouTube and subscribe, we'll pick a random winner to get a Locked on Socks prize pack. If you call 312-566-8727, you can leave a voicemail. If you want to live old school, leave an old school email, LockedOnSocks at gmail.com. Without any further ado, it is Chris Tannehill. I missed you, Chris. Oh, and I... And I miss you, Herb. Um, episode 246 here today after a, a washed away White Sox game yesterday, a game that did not occur. We got some news and notes here today. Rick Hahn spoke to the media. We've got Tony LaRusa dash cam audio. And mm. uh, Pito is being a leader on and off the field. And we'll preview the Tiger series too a little bit. But uh, first of all, man, episode 246, 250 is coming sooner or later. What should we do for episode 250? Talk about the Sox? <laughs> uh, let's talk about the Windian. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I want to ask you about your recent podcast appearance with uh, Ben Verlander. Uh, but I, it's funny you mentioned that because I did not have it in my notes tonight. But now that this Indian series is uh, semi uh, in the books, they have rescheduled the game as part of a split double header on September 23rd. Game one will be at 1210 Central, game two, 510 Central. And Jose Abreu, the player of the week, Liam Hendricks, the AL reliever of the month for the third time in his career. But uh, speaking of the uh, Indians, what do you think about that Cleveland team after seeing a somewhat better version of them than what we saw last time they were in Chicago? I still think, you know, at the beginning of the season, I think they're, I said they're a third-place team. I still think in my heart of hearts the White Sox are going to run away with this division. And the Indians, while they have a strong pitching staff, both in the rotation and in the uh, bullpen, having that loss of Zach Plesac for an extended amount of time and not having Fran Mil Reyes there for, what, six weeks, will catch up with them. And eventually the Indians will fall back to closer to 500, if not below 500. There's only so many things you can sustain Terry Francona, great manager, and motivates the guys the right way, but I'm not seeing it. And they're tough, and every time you play them, there's something frustrating going on in the game, but I'm not convinced yet. They're good, but I don't think the White Sox have anything to be worried about in that AL Central. And I know you probably talked about I did not listen to yesterday's show, forgive me, but I know you probably talked about Dylan Cease getting babbipped to death in the, uh, in the third game of that series there. Their, their offense is not going to overpower you. We did see 
Jose Ramirez a more true version of himself than last time. I shouldn't say last time, then two times ago when they were in Chicago. You know, he was able to get uh, Lance Lynn's lunch there. He was able to eat that uh, last series in Chicago. But he's having a Jose Ramirez year, and if you don't let him beat you, there's not a lot of guys in this lineup that can. But if you look at, I think it's like six out of their ten top war players this year so far, they're all pitchers. So as I thought and suspected, they, they can pitch. And they are frustrating to play, especially when they're at home. But ultimately, yeah, they're, they're not as talented as the White Sox. And you would think the next time these two teams play each other, or at least you know, as part of this doubleheader, the White Sox are going to look dramatically different. Either they're going to have Eloy and Luis Robert back, hopefully, if not one of the two, and then maybe a, a, an acquisition or two after the you know trade deadline. So it's going to have a different look for the White Sox, I think, the next time they play. And that's a good thing. But I think the talent will prevail in the end. But they're going to be a nuisance for sure because they can pitch. Like, when you, when, you know, they were able to get to Karinczak a little bit in this series, but when you can roll out a bullpen like that after a quality start from your from your starting staff, you're going to give yourself a chance. And, you know, more often than not, they're going to be playing a lot of, you know, bum teams because most teams in baseball are, are bum teams. There's the more have-nots than have. So they're going to be able to hold their own for a while. But again, like I said at the very beginning of the year, it's how the White Sox play against them is going to decide this thing, at least by how much of a division victory. Because now with the Twins and – the rearview mirror, not all the way uh, left for dead on the side of the road, but they're getting there. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, this is an interesting matchup all year. Uh, and, uh, it, you know, the White Sox need to be locked in in order to beat this team. But uh, you were talking Cubs with Ben Verlander. What was that like uh, on the uh, Flipping Bats podcast with Fox Sports Ben Verlander? It was nice. He had initially sent me a DM via Twitter because we follow each other. And he was like, hey, can you come on talk Cubs? I was like, yeah, I can talk Cubs, but I'm not necessarily a Cub fan, nor am I a Cub reporter. And I was like, here, go talk to this guy, that guy. Um, And he's like, well, you know, those people are, you know, closer to the game. We record right when the Cubs game is happening. They can't do it. We really want you. And so I was like, hell, I'll do it. And so I had to find a way to get a quiet space in the airport, the Phoenix <laughs> airport. So I'm still on vacation. Yeah, we retweeted the, retweeted the video from the Locked on Sox account if you want to see Herb in the airport with Ben Verlander. <laughs> yeah. And so I'm just sitting there, like, holding my phone because there's I have no equipment there. I'm not – usually I'm doing this broadcast on a laptop – and it's steady, but I'm holding my, you know, a little iPhone in one hand and then gesticulating with the other hand. And so it's a little shaky, but it was fun. The guy asked great questions and uh, he was mostly asking about the core four and if they're going to bring them back and what how surprising this Cubs season has been. And I don't know if you guys know, you know, I know Sox fans are, don't want to hear about the Cubs necessarily, <laughs> but no one, I don't think, expected the Cubs to be as good as they are right here. And that's pretty much what I was talking about and that they need to retain these guys because if they get rid of the four guys or even two of those four, it's falling off the table because, yeah, they do have these guys who are coming up like Patrick Wisdom and all this rest of the stuff, but that's that's fool's gold. They're, they're not going to last. You need those guys who you set the tone with and you set the uh, standard for in the playoffs, I think, five out of six years of being in the playoffs. You need to re-sign those guys, and that's pretty much what I told Ben Verlander. Verlander for like six <laughs> or seven minutes. Yeah, put him in the pile of guys I would like to speak to around the All-Star break as we stack shows and give ourselves a little time off. Like that's what I want to do with the week of the All Star break. I want to talk to to Ben Verlander. I want to talk to the pitching ninja Rob Friedman. Hopefully, maybe talk to Bob Kendrick around the next Royal Series in Kansas 
City. Uh, he, the president of the Negro League Baseball Hall of Fame and Museum. So, yeah, put Ben Verlander in the in the pile there. But uh, uh, Rick Hahn spoke to the media ahead of this Cleveland series, actually in the middle of it the other day. It was weird, um, and I apologize for reading these quotes because they did not release audio. I don't even know if he just granted media members interviews separately, um, but I'm just going by James Fegan's piece in The Athletic here because the, these quotes were – uh, some of these quotes were available to everyone out there. Scott Merkin tweeted some. Daryl Van Scowen had some in his piece. So, and I think, Tanya, you're right. I think it wasn't like, you know, we, we usually get a press release from the White Sox that says, hey, this Zoom is here. Or the last time when uh, Luis Robert got hurt, hey, this teleconference is here. Yeah. Everybody can get at this time. And I'm in the studio from 2 to 6 p.m. after my show goes off. And I usually get those notifications from either Mitch or Shane that says, hey, join this presser right here. None of that stuff was sent out. So this was probably only with the beat guys and probably just say hey, on a phone, get your get your recorders out. <laughs> I'm not going to be sending out audio to the masses. Yeah, um, it would be nice to see Rick Hahn in his Teflon suit. You know, his team's in first place. So it would be nice to see him. Just go say hello. It's, it's, come on, Rick. Just say hello. Um uh, so on the topic of uh, all the drama that's been going on since uh, the home opener is the last time Rickon spoke uh, to the media in, in, in a non-injury setting. He did have that teleconference call, as you alluded to. But uh, since the home opener, talking baseball things and baseball things only, uh, it's been a while. Uh, and there's been a lot of drama that's been going on, you know, the – you know, managerial issues and, you know, your mean swinging 3-0 and problem, quote-unquote, problems in the clubhouse. So Rick Hahn addressed some of those things, um, and he says this, quote, most everything that's become a big deal is a much smaller deal, it's safe to assume. Am I concerned about fault lines? No. Again, it's a very strong clubhouse that's focused on preserving and winning that night's game. That's been the main priority, and they've been able to block out distractions with just about anything that has come their way thus far. The one thing that stands out the most to me is this entire unit is the strength of the entire clubhouse. I go back to what puts us in the best position to win ball games, and we are being able to execute on that, and that's what the clubhouse has been completely unified and focused on. I know there's been other noise and distractions, understandably so, especially with the injuries, but they've been great in terms of remaining focused on the matter at hand and winning the ball game. If something happens, they are able to turn the page pretty quickly. Uh, anything stick out to you there, Herb, when you're talking about distractions? <laughs> he's not addressing the elephant in the room there. I think I, he's giving you a little bit there, but not, you know, he's... <sighs> he's finding a way to talk about it without talking about it. Yes. And he's saying, hey, these players are rising above from whatever Tony LaRusa garbage is doing. But I can't really <laughs> say it. You yeah. guys know I can't say this shit. <laughs> but also probably before or after the call, he said some things to these reporters off the record and say, hey, guys, you know, this ain't me. <laughs> you know me. I don't care about this dude. I have to do this and I have to just eat it. Yeah, you know, I certainly don't want to put words in the man's mouth. The quotes are, are what they are, and you, we lack the context of hearing it. But I think distractions, I mean, you think about what have they been, the distractions. They, they've been the Tony La Russa and, you know, not letting the kids do their thing. You know, we love home runs here, Lucas Giolito said. And, you know, it's stuff like that. Like, there haven't been any issues that I can think of with off-the-field stuff with players. You know what I mean? Uh, it's all been 
on the field stuff or injuries and stuff with the manager. So I, I think um, Rick Hahn knows exactly. He's he's you know preaching to the choir here in that regard with the distractions. And I would agree. I think this team's done an exceptionally good job. Um, you know, there, there's there is some more news that came out yesterday that we'll get to later on in the show. That's another distraction, and we'll see how they respond to that. But and you reference it right there with you, Lucas Giolito. It's not what they're saying necessarily; it's what they're not saying. Lucas Giolito did not say we have Tony's back 100. percent He said we have your means back, and we like home runs. And in this quote from Rick Hahn, he's not saying, "Man, Tony's doing great." Necessarily in this quote, I know there's more there. But he's beating around the bush, but he's letting you know with the stuff that he's not saying, it's not there. It's, it's you know, the 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 100% I'm behind Tony or I'm, Tony's all good. It's not there as yet in that quote. So this team's been bitten by the injury bug a little bit, and even the guys that are on the field and performing well in, in some cases – uh, like Yohan Moncada, you think about Grandal, guys that are just not quite right. You see them, and you're just like, yeah, this guy's hitting, um, but you know what? What he's dealing with this or that, things that we can't see. Grandal has looked like a, a ghost of his former self. So, in, in regards to the team not being totally 100, percent here's what Rakan said: Yohan's another guy who has been playing through. How should I put it? Playing through some nagging injuries, and yet seems to answer the bell every day and wants to be in there every day. Um, there are a ton of guys down there dealing with aches and pains. It's the nature of the game and the stretch we're in where we're playing 31 games in 31 days. Like a lot of guys, in parentheses, Yasmani Grandal, dealing with things here and there. But in terms of restrictions of his playing time we've had at the start of the season, those are gone. So Yasmani dealing with a little something, uh, but it's not going to prevent him from being on the field. But it's one of those things where I, you know they can't afford to, to put him on the IL for whatever he's dealing with because they just don't have enough production from Zach Collins. And I don't know if you talked about it in yesterday's show, but some of that pitch framing or lack thereof for, for Dylan Cease was uh, – atrocious from Zach Collins so they 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 can't really withstand uh Yaz going on the IL for a little bit but that surprised me about Yoan uh dealing with with stuff he's some nagging injuries yet he's having you know one of the he's could be you know the best season he's had here since uh 2019 Yoan Moncada so that that, any of that surprise you there very much so I mean Yoan Moncada is having a top 10 uh, F4 season right now. He's uh, right behind uh, Ronald Acuna and Chris Bryant uh, in seventh place in overall F4. He's doing everything with the bat, not necessarily with the power yet, but doubles galore and getting on base. I think uh, at a clip that he's never done in his career. He had a streak that he was just broken up, but the glove is solid. There's been some Aaron throws, but the plays that he made, the one last night we were referencing, I referenced, where Dylan Cease gets into the kitchen of Jose Ramirez, and it's a tough ball. It's a cue shot where it's going back to the uh, the foul line, and Yohan has to judge that, get the ball, and Jose Ramirez from the left-handed batter's box can run and gun him out by a half a step. So we've been seeing nothing but solid play from Yohan Moncada this whole year, and he's dealing with nagging injuries. Imagine guys like 85 percent and he's still out here being a top 10 player yeah we saw him wincing too a little bit the other night you know something happened there and he's still able to come back out the next day and perform and the Grandal thing that's you know it doesn't surprise me you know whenever you see him back there with his defensive struggles struggling to get to a ball 
struggling to, to catch a ball. It all just seems like things like he's playing through some pain right now, and I'm, I, I will grant him that because you know the other the aspects of his game that wouldn't be affected by an injury, like the getting on base, like has not been affected. So yeah, that's why I suspected something was going on there, and we'll see if. Uh, with a little extra rest here, you know, it's only one day, but maybe they can uh, give him a, a blow tonight uh, against the Tigers and, and have a few days off in a row. That would be nice for him. Um, Kopech, another guy that's uh, banged up a little bit. Um, eligible return on June 8th, uh, but his grade one hamstring strain could keep him out beyond that. Rickon says the first two months leading up to prior to the leg injury could not have gone better in terms of his development giving him opportunities to pitch in high-leverage situations to starting games. Today, the focus is getting him back on the field active and healthy and will grow the role accordingly again. So far, the way Tony, Ethan, and Kurt Hasler and the medical staff have handled him have been great. So that's you know going to be another five days here at the minimum without Michael Kopech, which I think you know as long as they figure he's going to be back sometime close to that, I think they're probably okay with that. The bullpen has been, you know, better of late even without him being out there and I think if they can give him a little breather here, that's about a totality of what 2 weeks uh, of him not being on the field. I think that that bodes well for his uh his innings limit or whatever it is, his pitch limit towards the end of the year. Yeah, and it's probably not the way they wanted to do it. Right. But this is probably the best thing for the White Sox and Michael Kopech in general. A little time off. It's a nagging injury where it doesn't have to do with his arm. So his arm, when he comes back, will be fresh and he can pitch a little bit more. So you have those two weeks of non-pitching of recovery or more. It might be more than uh, two weeks off. So his arm can still stay fresh while he works his uh, hamstring out and gets back on the, on the bump. I think... If you can just weather the storm without Michael Kopech and maintain the two-and-a-half lead uh, game lead you have right now with Cleveland, when he comes back, you have the best of both worlds. You can ramp him back up to a starter if you need it, or you can keep him in that bullpen spot right there. And then at the end of the year, when it's September and October, it's full bore, and he's going out, and he might be starting some games, maybe one in the playoffs. All right, finally here, speaking of uh, the starting pitching, you know, they're in a tough stretch here with the schedule, and uh, Rickon was rather prescient here when talking about this. Uh, you do have some, knock on wood, some durable veteran types used to taking the ball and going deep into games. That's the strength of this club, and one we are going to continue to use as, as a strength as long as we have it. At the same time, if a guy needs a day, you may well see us skip a guy to give him a breather. You may see a couple of shorter outings on purpose mixed in, which we're not going to announce pregame, just as a means of preserving the strength for a longer period of time. Right now, we're in a rough stretch of the schedule. Maybe it rains at some point and takes care of itself, or you need to get creative at another point and give you give your guys the rest that they need. So, you know, actually, it did end up raining, obviously, and maybe Rakan knew that uh, going into this thing, but he was uh, rather uh, prescient there. But uh, you think of Lance Lynn, someone who was – Held back a little bit at that tail end of that doubleheader. Supposedly was going to come back on short rest to pitch against the Tribe, but now he's going to pitch against the Tigers, and we know he's going to be all right. I've always been an asshole. Um, so he'll be fine there. But, you know, skipping guys. There's a lot of guys that, that could be candidates for, for skipping, and maybe with the you know, uh, Jonathan Stevers of the world, your Jimmy Lamberts, maybe they can slide in for a spot starter too. And right now, as long as you're first place in the division with a, a bit of a lead, um, not one that you would uh, prefer to have, but you have a little bit of wiggle room here to play with. And they've got a ton of guys here that could that could use the blow. I, I, you know, I really want Lance Lynn 
available, but you you almost don't worry about him ever because of everything we know about him. But Rodon's probably going to be a guy that's going to get a breather because he didn't pitch a ton last year, and now he's pitching probably the most consecutively that he's ever pitched in a White Sox uniform. So I would think they'd skip him. I think they already skipped him once already, but I would think they'd, they'd skip him again. So, yeah, man, they're going to lean on this starting pitching. It's been the strength, and whatever they're doing, they seem to they have a plan. So if you see something funky maybe, funky, funky, funky with the, with the starting staff here, know that it's most likely by design here. So let's not freak out about it, and they seem to have a real uh, good plan here because it's working well so far two months in the season. And I don't worry about Lance Lynn. Uh, I think uh, mostly Steve Stone used his as the bullpen uh, phrase, but you're going to more uh, readily rust than get t- than get a rest. So you would rather the guy like Lance Lynn or Dallas Keuchel or Lucas Giolito get more work in than getting him on a start that you miss. So the back end of the, of the rotation, like Dylan Cease, who's going to be pitching the most innings he is, in his whole major league career, maybe skip a start for him. Same thing like you were referencing with Carlos Rodon, who's coming back from Tommy John a couple years ago and a guy that hasn't pitched a lot of innings in the major leagues in a long time. So you can skip a start for him because you got a bulldog like Lance Lynn who wants the ball at any time and Lucas Lito who wants the ball at any time and a rubber arm and Dallas Keuchel who wants the ball anytime he can get it. And, you can bring up those guys. We saw Jimmy Lambert the other day give a good effort. Jonathan Stever, I think, can give you something out there. Maybe it's not only like five or six innings. It's four. Or you can go back to Matt Foster like last year and gives you three or four. You have an opener. But I think the three in the, at the beginning of the rotation, those guys are more likely to, hey, do not skip me. Every fifth, give me that goddamn ball. The other guys, you can you can work into the rotation how you see fit, and then of course when Kopech goes back, you can mix him into the mix there too. When we come back, you'll hear it finally. The Tony Larusa dash cam audio slash video has been released. We'll take a listen to that next here on Locked On White Sox. Locked on White Sox is brought to you by rockauto.com. Folks, summer's coming. You better start planning those road trips if you haven't already. I know I've got three or four in mind all ready to go for this summer. But before I go anywhere, I need to make sure that my car is running the way it should. And if I need any parts for my car, I know there's only one place to go, and that's our friends at rockauto.com because there's so many different makes and models of cars these days. It's become impossible to find all the parts that your car is going to need at your traditional chain storefront. You go in these places, and you ask the person behind the counter, and you sit there, and you wait in line, and no one wants to wait in line in a store these days, and they punch up the stock that they have on their computer only in their warehouse only. Why limit yourself to those limited choices when you have access to the most vast library of auto parts online at rockauto.com. Our friends at rockauto.com, they're a family business and they've been serving customers just like you and I online for over 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. Rockauto.com's got everything from engine control modules to brake parts and tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in just a few easy clicks delivered right to your door. And best of all, the prices at rockauto.com they're always going to be reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers they're not like these big box chain storefronts why spend up to twice as much when you don't have to go to rockauto.com and when you go there please do me a favor write locked on in their how'd you hear about us box so they know that your friends 
at Locked On White Sox sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need, only at rockauto.com. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport. With the help of our local experts, follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, we knew this day was coming, and it's finally here. WGN News in Chicago has obtained the dash cam video with audio of Tony LaRusso's infamous uh, drive in Maricopa County back in February of 2020. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. you know, this is not, it feels like to me, this is like seeing, we read all the quotes and we knew all the things that were said uh, ahead of time. It was just only a matter of time before someone would file for that Freedom of Information Act, which WGN News did. But I feel like this is like a movie that you see the entirety of the movie by watching the trailer. Like when this video came out, uh, well, I'll get your reaction to it after the fact. But this is basically this is the meat of it here. It's much longer than this, but here's about 48 seconds of Tony Larusa getting pulled over by the Maricopa County Police Department. How you doing? Pulling my tire. Sir. You blew your tire out. I'm calling Triple A. I ate something on the road. Huh? No, I understand. I understand that. It's just I'm smelling it, and I'm not sure if I'm smelling well, what are you it. Smelling? It's a smell that makes me feel that it, you may be impaired. What does that thing show? Uh, it showed a point oh nine zero. So the limit is eight. You came out of nine. Did you have any alcohol drinks prior to the One glass of wine and beer with I was driving back to the police and I had a flat tire. Mr. LaRusso, I, I, I completely wrong driving wise. I completely understand that. I'm legitimate. I'm with the Angels. I'm a Hall of Famer. There is. I'm a Hall of Famer. This guy's like the Michael Jordan of baseball. Are you kidding me right now? Yeah, he's like World Series manager, like manager of the year. <laughs> I, don't, I don't watch baseball like that, bro. Well, the handcuffs are a problem. Yeah, the handcuffs are a problem, Tony, as he's sitting there in the back of the squad car. I, 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 the, my takeaway from this is I want to know why that one cop doesn't watch baseball. You think Rob Manfred's wondering? Uh, he's looking at this video and like, how how does he not like baseball? There's a runner on second base and extra innings, for God's sake. How does he not love it? How does he not watch it? Um, we, we need to extend our <laughs> baseball uh, minds to the black cop uh, circuit. <laughs> yeah, to the sounds of KRS-One, black cop, yeah. Um, so, you know, again disgusting seeing the video is tough like I, I you know i've seen only in clips and then i watched like the the longer cut of it before we, we sat down for the show here and i you know the part where he's nodding off he catches himself sleeping in the back of the squad car and i don't i don't know if that's common practice or not to kind of let these guys just sleep sleep it off for a minute or two while you're processing and doing whatever checking for warrants or whatever they're doing but he's back there nodding off and he says the handcuffs are a problem. Where the handcuffs are from. And, you know, beyond getting the money quote. I'm legitimate. I'm a Hall of Famer. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm told that there's a much longer video and maybe we'll get the Hall of Famer baseball person. I have not obtained the copy yet. Uh, but that's what we're really looking for. But uh, when seeing him not off in the back of that squad car, it reminded me again of that 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 really, really horrible night back in uh, in February of 2009, I want to say where uh, where I, I, my car was uh, was struck by a drunk driver and you have that surge of adrenaline and I got out of the car I was lucky enough to be able to walk and you don't feel like your injuries at the time but you're walking over to make sure that the person who careened your your vehicle and bounced off ricocheted off your vehicle into the median to make sure that person is live and you also kind of just want to see what the hell's going on in that car for that car to do that to me and then I just never forget that the look of this of this person, Basically passed out, nodding off, 
in a in a dazed state, completely inebriated, and it's something I'll never forget. And just that 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 look of Tony in the back of that car as he's nodding off, knowing that he was behind the wheel of a vehicle just moments before that. It's it doesn't sting any less, and it doesn't disgust me any less uh, seeing the video. But I, I do feel like this. There's no surprises in this video, and it's just as embarrassing as it was when we read the transcript a few months ago. And I think that area we I just visited down there with Courtney, it fosters that type of atmosphere, the DUI atmosphere, because you're driving down the highway. There's a bunch of posters that say DUI, call this lawyer. And it's all the way down the highway. Yeah. You know, it's like it's like this is what happens here. You go to Scottsdale, you get drunk and you live in some other suburb or you live downtown Phoenix and you drive home and it's so prevalent and they have I was talking to one guy down there who was a former Chicago. He's like, they have checkpoints down there all the time for DUIs because it's such a big problem. Yeah, it's a huge thing in the the atmosphere for DUIs. I think uh, it lends itself to having it more down there. And I'm sure, like we said before, this is the second time Tony's got caught. This is not the second time Tony has dr- driven drunk. And him saying I'm legitimate, it just reminds me. Have you ever seen Old Brother Where Art Thou? It's been a while. It's like, he's like he's bona fide. Oh, he's bona fide. That's what I think of the Tony. I'm legitimate. Like, I'm a Hall of Famer. Like what does that what does that have to do with anything? And I'm sure he's used that before. Well, though, yeah, when was, cops have pulled him over. There's four cops. Like, four cops pull him over. The one guy that did most of the legwork there, he does not watch baseball. Apparently, he doesn't know that double headers are seven innings now. <laughs> um, and uh, actually, scoring is up, even though you know, uh, you know, on base percentage is down. Uh, but yeah, it's you know. Clearly, it had worked because the guy—you could hear the cops fawning over him, like yeah, this guy's the Michael Jordan of baseball, which is incorrect. <laughs> yeah, calm down, coppers. Yeah, coppers. If he, said the, he would have said the Phil Jackson. I was like, it was a little far, but you know, I got it. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I, I granted that, but uh, yeah, man, it's just uh, I, you know, I hate that it happened. Still, it's still embarrassing, um, you know. But I feel like this has not gotten the national attention that maybe. I, I don't know. Maybe it's because it's only WGN that's pumping it out there. I have not consumed a lot of national media, uh, but no one's really talking about this a lot. And I think uh, Tony LaRusso should be thanking. Uh, he should be raising a glass, so to speak, to his ball club for being in first place. Because I think this is we we're worried about this coming out and the team underperforming. But they're in first place now, so this seems like less of a big deal, which it is not. It's still a huge deal. To a, to a lot of us who think the, the hire never should have been made to begin with. But, you know, I, I think the fact that his team is off to a good start is kind of taking some of the heat off him because he's got enough heat on him as it is with some of the moves that he makes on the field. He doesn't need this on top of it. Yeah, and I think that uh, as a society we take DUIs way too lightly and people, since they probably know somebody, either a close friend or a relative that's been popped for DUI or themselves has driven home drunk, they, we kind of have a lax attitude about it, but you know, we need to take it a little bit more serious. And I think uh, if we did take it a little bit more serious, we would be more outraged at him being caught for the second time in his professional career as a grown ass man being drunk as hell. And he could have been that guy that ran into you. He's lucky that he just injured himself or just blew his tire. But you know, that was just, you know, there wasn't a car there, but he was sleep the first time he was so drunk and now this time he runs into a curb so you know like i said as we always say it's process over results 
the process of him driving home drunk is wrong. <laughs> the, the result of him not hitting anybody isn't a good result. It's it's because he drove home drunk was the wrong decision initially. So let's never, never let him off the hook with like the Maricopa County let him off with one day of uh, home detention and $1,400. For a guy like him, that's chump change. We need to have some punitive measures going on for DUI so people won't want to do it anymore. If if that was all that you have out there and you're not deterring anybody in the future from doing a DUI, if it's only $1,400 in home detention for one day when we're already in the fucking home during a pandemic. Sorry, Tegna. I got to swear it right slipped there because I'm mad. Yeah, slipped in. Tony LaRusso was 75 years old when he got pulled over there and he's still lying to the police. If you watch the other clip where they asked him flat out, do you have anything to drink? He goes, no. And then eventually he cops to having some wine with dinner. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. just come on, man. Like, you know, I, I know you're not trying to incriminate yourself here, but, you know, you're not going to fool these cops. The guy could smell it on his breath right away. You know what I mean? Like, just lying to police and, and the entitlement. I hate all of it, man. Uh, what You know, moving on here, because we're already almost out of time, the complete uh, antithesis of this type of behavior is the behavior exhibited by Jose Abreu uh, on this road trip. Um your mean's been struggling a little bit, okay? Right? We, we all know this. Your mean, the power numbers are not there. He's being exploited a little bit. Pitchers are starting to come around to him, and, you know, he's struggling. It's, you know, you can put a marker to that 3 0 swing. It's been ever since then, basically. It started a little bit before that, but he had, you know, some decent at bats in that twin series, and then after that, it's kind of fallen off the table. But, you know, uh, Jose Bray was asked about your mean and what he can do to sort of, you know, Put his arm around him, and has he has he talked to your mean? Um, has he done anything to help him out here? As because he knows he's struggling, Jose knows better than anyone who is struggling and when. And here is the advice. This is through Billy Russo, the translator for Jose Abreu, and this is what uh, Jose Abreu had to say. His his uh, you know wisdom to your mean Mercedes. You know, coincidentally, uh, last night when we were riding the bus back to the hotel, I was talking to him. You know just. Telling him, this is this this is not a, a fair sport. That you know you don't you don't make a season in, in two months. You have to work hard and grind throughout the whole season. And uh, you know sometimes you don't get the results that you are hoping, but uh, you have to keep working. And and that's what I've uh, been telling him the whole time. Just keep working your job. Don't get to uh, comfortable because it's a, it's a long season and, and you have to understand that. If you want to have success, well, the success is, is the measure, uh, the way to measure a success is throughout the whole season, not in just uh, one or two months. Now, Jose Abreu is a freak in terms of his work ethic. He's always the first one there. You hear last one to leave and he's just, he leads by example in that regard. And, you know, I think there's something in there. Maybe your mean was feeling your mean a little bit too much, which is fine. Like you don't get to that level, and you know if you if you struggle in the minor leagues for a decade and you finally get to the show, you know you should act proud. You should act loose and have fun. But you know this game is a cruel game, man. You heard it right there. It's not a fair game. Jose knows that better than anyone. Jose's got about as much natural hitting ability as anyone in baseball, and he he knows still it's hard. 
and the only way he's able to maintain and how has he gotten better over the years? How does he get an MVP in his, what, seventh season in the league? You know, it's because of, of the work ethic. And I think he realized that your mean is probably just relying on, you know, your mean just being your mean and the results will come. But we know that that's not true. So your mean's going to have to do a little soul searching here, but he's got a good role model in Jose Abreu. And I just really like that uh, he did that uh, as they were exiting Cleveland the other night. It's really good. I mean, a guy who is a veteran in this game, a guy who just won the um, MVP of the American League, pulling you aside and giving you words of encouragement. You need these things. Like, we see the Tim Anderson, Billy Hamilton dynamic where Tim Ham- Tim Anderson is pumping up Billy Hamilton. It's like, man, you're not just that stealing guy. You're not just that defensive replacement. Put that bat to that ball. Be Billy the hitter instead of Billy the runner. And you see the dividends that have been paying. Billy's looking decent out there. Not a guy I want to play every day, but a guy that can play sparingly like he has been doing lately. And sometimes you need that good, encouraging word from a player that you wouldn't think so. Tim doesn't have to do that for Billy Hamilton. You would think it'd be the other way around. Billy Hamilton's older than Tim. He's been in the league longer. And for Jose to see his man struggling, to see what his manager did to his uh, psyche and his confidence. He just wants to lift him up because he knows need everybody, need every man on this team to, to be at a level so we can go forward. Because while we have a successful season so far, up two and a half games on the Cleveland Indians, we're not where we need to be. We're not at the level that we need to be. And at the end of the year, we're going to need everybody pulling on the same rope the same way. So getting him positive, even though he's struggling, I think he's over 19, over his last 19, after that 3-0 home run he hit, I think it was versus Baltimore, he needs to have that encouragement from a veteran like that to know that, okay, he can see I'm struggling. I'm not going through this alone. And – with a guy like Jose Abreu, he's been through it. He knows the struggles of this game. He knows this game is tough. To tell me that I'm all right and everything will be fine goes a long way. I wish the manager would say that. I wish somebody else would pull him to the side, but we haven't seen quotes. And maybe Tony Russa has said this stuff to him. But we all knew that this was kind of going to, you know, the 400 average was not going to last. The uh, almost 500 on base percentage is not going to last. The league was going to readjust to him. I think it's a combination of that, maybe some uh, confidence being waned on his part. And we'll see if uh, Detroit is what cures his ails right now. He goes to four games with Detroit and gets a little bit better and gets a little bit hotter because right now the White Sox need him. Until Aloy comes back, he's our designated hitter every day, and we need him to be with the bat strong. I was going to say, Tigers might just be what the doctor ordered, and we'll preview this series with the Tigers next here on Locked on White Sox. This episode of Locked on White Sox is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar, you guys know, it's the best tasting protein bar ever. A little health and fitness update for you guys and gals. I am down about 16 pounds since February. Thanks to Built Bar. You see, I gave up sweets a while back, and I needed something to replace those sweets because I will never get rid of my sweet tooth, I don't imagine. So Built Bars are perfect because they're always covered in 100% chocolate and they are packed with protein, they're low carb and low sugar, so my mind and my taste buds both think that I'm eating a candy bar, which in essence I am, but it's actually a Built Bar. 
They're not pumped with sugar like those candy bars and other protein bars on the market. And they've got a variety of different flavors. They've got coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, and salted caramel. As a matter of fact, Herb and I just ordered a couple of boxes for the office just today, as a matter of fact. We ordered 36 in total, 218 packs. I said, Herb, what's your favorite flavor for the office here? And he said, Tanny, give me peanut butter brownie. So I did. And what did I get for myself? One of my favorite flavors, cookies and cream. And you got to go to BuiltBar.com now and sign up for their email and text list. And that way they'll let you know when a new flavor is back in stock. That's how I got my coconut brownie chunk. And that's how you can get birthday cake with sprinkles. No joke. It's a really good flavor, but they run out fast. So you got to go to builtbar.com now. And when you do, do what we did today. We used our own promo code today, promo code LOCKED15. That's going to get you 15% off your order at builtbar.com. I'm telling you, if you're like me and you've got the sweet tooth, these really help curb those cravings. They're packed with protein. Your average Built Bar has about 17 grams of protein. So they fill you up without all the sugar. BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCKED15. That's Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever. This episode of Locked on White Sox is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar, you guys know, it's the best tasting protein bar ever. A little health and fitness update for you guys and gals. I am down about 16 pounds since February, thanks to Built Bar. You see, I gave up sweets a while back, and I needed something to replace those sweets because I... We'll never get rid of my sweet tooth, I don't imagine. So Built Bars are perfect because they're always covered in 100% chocolate and they are packed with protein. They're low carb and low sugar. So my mind and my taste buds both think that I'm eating a candy bar, which in essence I am, but it's actually a Built Bar. They're not pumped with sugar like those candy bars and other protein bars on the market. And they've got a variety of different flavors. They've got coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, and salted caramel. As a matter of fact, Herb and I just ordered a couple of boxes for the office just today, as a matter of fact. We ordered 36 in total, 218 packs. I said, Herb, what's your favorite flavor for the office here? And he said, Tanny, give me peanut butter brownie. So I did. And what did I get for myself? One of my favorite flavors, cookies and cream. And you got to go to BuiltBar.com now and sign up for their email and text list. And that way they'll let you know when a new flavor is back in stock. That's how I got my coconut brownie chunk. And that's how you can get birthday cake with sprinkles. No joke. It's a really good flavor, but they run out fast. So you got to go to builtbar.com now. And when you do, do what we did today. We used our own promo code today, promo code LOCKED15. That's going to get you 15% off your order at builtbar.com. I'm telling you, if you're like me and you've got the sweet tooth, these really help curb those cravings. They're packed with protein. Your average Built Bar has about 17 grams of protein. So they fill you up without all the sugar. BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCKED15. That's Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever. All right, final show of the week. Tomorrow, it's the Detroit Tigers in town. It's our recap tomorrow morning at midnight, the recap of game one. Sox and Tigers with a pitching matchup featuring Lance Lynn, 6-1, wow, with a 1-3-7 earned run average versus Casey Mize, 3-3 three three with a 3-2-8 earned run average. Casey Mize had a, had a strong outing. The last time he faced the White Sox in that doubleheader, the Sox were able to get to him a little bit late. Uh, but, yeah, man, you know, it's a, it's a four-game set with Detroit and a good time to get things right on the right track at home. 
you know, uh, against a, a, a team that is not the cellar dwellers anymore. I believe that the Twins are the cellar dwellers in the Central. So a team on the Cub, and uh, but hopefully, you know, you get into those bullpens there, and uh, you can sort of beat up on them a little bit and uh, get things back on the right track. And I'm looking forward to breaking that down with you uh, to game tonight, and I'll break that down and we'll have it posted in the morning. First thing, Toot Sweet. Yeah, and they're playing well. They just came off a sweep on the weekend versus the Yankees, and they split two games with the Brewers. So they're playing better than expected lately, but I think they're still the Tigers, and the White Sox should take three or four from this squad. I think, uh, you know, this is a big brother, little brother situation. I, I, I don't hate Detroit. As I stated before, but there it's was always a, good. There was it's a time. always going to beat them. Oh yeah, two thousand <laughs> hated them big time. But it's it's time to show little brother that you know we're not the Yankees and we're not the Brewers. This is ass whooping time. Yeah, it's a funny league, man. Like the fact that they did sweep the Yankees after the Yankees swept the White Sox. Like it's a, it's a funny league, man. Tigers are twentieth in baseball with a four three seven team earn run average. So we'll see if the Sox bats can get going and see if your mean can get going. But. Uh, uh, that's all I got today, Herbie. Thanks, sir. Uh, thanks for uh, being with me again here. I missed you, and I'm glad we're back on the right track. And thank you for giving me a uh, mental health day yesterday. That was much appreciated, and it li- went a long way. Yeah, exactly. We sound like we're back and we're refreshed. We got a, a day off like uh, Yasmani <laughs> needed, and we're going to be fresh <laughs> the next day. So today was a great show. That is Chris Tannehill. You can follow him on Twitter, at Chris Tannehill. I'm legit. Yes, you are legitimate, <laughs> and you are bona fide. My name is Herb Lawrence, Ecknerwall23 on Twitter, Locked On Socks on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. No voicemails today. Locked On Socks was voicemail list. Oh, I didn't even game. check. I didn't even check because we had so I, much. No, here. I looked. We didn't have any because no game, so no one uh, called in. That's fine. You guys can call in if you want to. I didn't use any last yesterday because I just wanted to rifle through that show. But 312-566-8727 in the future if you want to leave a voicemail. And last Friday when I was in Arizona, I saw there's a bunch of voicemails uh, being sent in <laughs> during that game. I was like, I like it, but we're probably not going to get to it because our next show after that would have been Monday. So I used some, I think, for for the Monday show. I used the Jake Lamb, you know, and Paul Correct. Like I did find a way to work some in there. I do go back and look if there are things that are evergreen. Yeah. So don't let it. If you got if it's something in the moment too, like if I we're doing a weekend recap and there was something fun that happened, don't be shy. We'll we'll find yeah. a way to work it in. So that's three one two five six six eight seven two seven or locked on socks at gmail.com. So for Chris Tannehill, my name is Herb Lawrence. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Locked on Socks.